A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hello. Hi, Andre. Hi. Andre, where are you and what do your immediate surroundings look like? Uh, I'm in my home in Montreal and I, my immediate surroundings are I have a little office and I look out over the cross on Mount Royal. What's your walk regimen? I, I, I keep trying to find new routes and uh, other people are creatures of habit. Yeah, I'm more of a creature of habit. I go out early every morning either for a walk or a run and I can go one way up Mount Royal if I want hills and I can go the other way to Cap La Fontaine if I want flat. What's been your most selfish thought or, or deed during this ordeal? Well, I think I'm lucky in that I'm a runner. So I think a lot of runners, you know, still can get out there and enjoy the, the fresh air and stuff in the morning. And that, that's key. I think the mental health aspect is key. Uh, I'm lucky that uh, my kids are back home. So they're away at university. They're back home. So that's actually a nice bonus. That's something you don't often get. So there's, there's some good here that I, I try to latch on to. And I, I think everybody does that. It's finding little little things, you know, a person who hasn't read a book for a while, who's not working, well, they can take advantage of that. And you, I think you have to find those simple pleasures wherever you can find them. I think that uh, most people would not consider it that selfish. In fact, we're actually urged to make sure we get outside and get a bit of exercise. But uh, a lot of people are taking exception. Like, you know, I'm reading a lot of stuff online where people are like, you know, I guess we're we're panting and breathing in a more forceful way. Have you been following all this kind of anti-jogger sentiment? Oh, yeah, I get a fair bit of it uh, personally and then online. I, I put it down to people are frustrated and they're looking, you know, just get angry at stuff that they can't control. So, yeah, runners have been sort of this target about, you know, being selfish, et cetera. Some of them go too close to people. I like to remind people the chances of getting infected by somebody walking or running by you outside, they're, they're virtually nil. So there's all this theoretical risk of, you know, how far germs can carry and stuff. But the reality is there's very little risk of doing that. So if you respect social distancing, uh, even that to a minimal amount, it's it's the benefits are far greater than the the harms. 
It's so hard to figure out, though, because on the one hand, you've got Anderson Cooper showing that uh, mayor of Las Vegas the chart of how, like, sitting at like a at a at an adjacent table to somebody infected, uh, you know, you you could get it, and it just feels like it feels like, oh, I can get it just from the most just tangential proximity to an infected person. And then on the other hand, you're saying that like it's just not going to happen really if somebody jogs past you. Yeah, I think you have to keep things in perspective. Like the risks are much greater inside. Of course, the risks are far, far greater if someone's infected. The vast majority of people on the street will not be infected. Our infection rates in Canada are still, as far as we know, quite low. So you have to do the math. It takes a whole series of bad things to happen for you to get infected in the first place. And those are multiplied tenfold once you're outside in the fresh air, once you're just passing, you know, someone randomly. So excluding your, your morning run, can you name something that gave you pleasure today? Well, speaking to you, aside from that, uh, you know, that's an important part. Oh, go on. <laughs> my work is pleasurable. I like doing my work. So I, I guess that's an, I'm spoiled in that regard as well. So. What, what is something, Andre, that you feel might never be the same after this? Well, uh, there's some things I hope will never be the same is the way we treat uh, our elders in, in nursing homes. I think that that has been such a scandal. As, you know, it's exposed this longstanding, uh, horrible way of warehousing people. And I hope we change that forever. I think in the more social aspect of this, I really have trouble envisaging 25,000 people going to a hockey game anytime in the immediate future. So I think those big mass gatherings, the concerts we love, the Oceagas, I, I just don't see that stuff happening for a long time. Do you think it's going to be permanent? Like if you look at the cities where people wear masks all the time, regardless of whether or not there's an outbreak, do you, do you, do you see something like that happening in, in Canada? Canadians haven't, from what I could tell now, none of us get to travel around anymore, but my sense is that not a lot of people are wearing masks in Canada. I don't think it's caught on, but I, I think in certain circumstances, once you make a mandatory in planes, you know, there are cities, Montreal's talking about making them mandatory on public transit. I think we'll see masks in those situations, probably some workplaces. Uh, if you're working in a factory, a, a meatpacking plant where we've had huge outbreaks, I think you're going to see masks just becoming the norm there. Now, that's usually the last uh, question I've been asking people, but because it's you and, you know, you were early to, to, to give us some, some guidance on this, but also just you knew a lot more about it than most people did. I want to check in with you now on just like, how are we doing? There's a mixed message on how we're doing. I think overall, there's really good promising signs of the, you know, we don't have to explain flattening the curve anymore, but this notion that cases are slowing down. Uh, I think that's happening in almost all the country, uh, even in Quebec, where has which has the worst outbreak. There is some sense that the that it's slowing down, so that's the good part. The bad part is we have this really bad, bad uh, situation in nursing homes, especially in Quebec and Ontario, which has no. Uh, it doesn't seem to be getting better. So there's going to be a lot more deaths, hundreds. Uh, I might go so far as to say there'll be thousands more deaths in our nursing homes before we get this under control. But more generally in society, we seem to have contained it. Now, the big challenge will be there's talk of loosening up the restrictions, even within a week in some provinces. The big question is what happens then? Is there going to be a, a resurgence? And if so, uh, are we going to be able to, to lock down again? I think it gets more difficult each time you try to do it. Listen, thanks for talking with me. Well, it's a pleasure. Thanks.
hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.